Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at why as a country we need to invest in the next generation and how it will pay dividends for us. Then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering all of your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Now remember, as you click that subscribe button, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. There has been many a debate about the lack of financial literacy in Australia for quite some time and how more should be done in schools to educate the next generation. Sadly, financial literacy continues to be a big issue in this country that impacts everybody. Currently, there's a lot of volatility in the stock market that is causing many investors to panic and make emotional rather than logical decisions about their investments. This is being driven because of the lack of financial literacy, as Australians lack knowledge as to how the stock market works and indeed, how to invest properly. It's all too easy to default to what everyone else is doing, and that's investing your money in a managed fund, hoping you get a good return. Although doing this doesn't stop the average Australian from being worried, stressed, or making poor decisions during volatile times like we are experiencing now. When speaking to individuals about their investments, it becomes very apparent that most do not fully understand what they've invested in, and it is this lack of knowledge and understanding that is causing so many to struggle to retire with sufficient funds to provide for a comfortable lifestyle. The answer to all this is quite simple, as knowledge overcomes fear, which is why I believe investors need to change their attitude from being ignorant to one of being informed and educated. The earlier you start to accumulate knowledge and understand your investments, the better off you will be. While the government encourages investors to be informed, particularly with the Money Smart website, I believe more needs to be done. It is for this reason why we need to ensure the younger generation is informed and educated, as it is this generation who are under more financial pressure than past generations as they struggle to buy their first home. 
As globalization grows and the world gets smaller, it will pay for us as a nation to have this younger generation more money smart so that they will have the skills to not only protect our nation's wealth, but grow it in an increasingly competitive environment. So what were the best and worst performing sectors? Once again, the market has been down with all of the sectors falling. Utilities is the best performing sector down just under 3%, whilst communication services was down just over 3%, followed by healthcare down just under 4%. Hardest hit, which was not surprising to me, was the financial sector, which ended the week down over 14%, followed by information technology just over 13%, and energy was down just over 11%. When we're looking at the top 100 stocks, the best performers include A2 Milk, which was up over 8% for the week, with TPG up over 7%, followed by Sonic and APA Group, both up just over 2%. Looking at the worst performers, they include Link Administration, which was hit hard again and was down around 28%, whilst Flight Centre was down 26%, with Virgin Money down over 25%, and Pendle Group just under 25%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500, All Ordinaries Index update for the week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Okay, what another exciting week on our stock market last week and uh, with it heavily down again. And I, I still think, you know, the market has been oversold and on these fears of the coronavirus. Now, to me, you've got to separate the two. And I know a lot of people are out there commenting and we've seen a lot more commenting on our YouTube channel. People saying, well, trying to label certain things and everything else. Some people saying to me, you know, well, Dale doesn't understand. This is new. It's a whole new situation. No, it's not. It's just a different thing. Um, and so, you know, the coronavirus at the moment is that world health issue, and I'm not discounting that. I don't discount it. It could go absolutely um, spread right across the world and cause a lot of issues. What I'm looking at is what's history done, and that's really what I look at. And when, you know, when I say I've looked at these sorts of things, the coronavirus is just another label for another virus. I mean, SARS was the coronavirus, so SARS was in 2002 to 2004 just before, uh, and it came out just before our stock market uh, bottomed, and then our market went into the longest bull market right through to 2007 between, uh, I think it was March 2003 and uh, 2007, but I think uh, SARS came out about September, October 2002. So what I'm looking at is, as I've been through tech wrecks, I've been through Asia crisis, I've been through GFCs, I've been through the 87 crashes, which is, um, I've been through all sorts of things like like the coronaviruses before, um, you know, with other you know, Ebola viruses. We're talking about um, also the world um, flu epidemic back, I think that was maybe eight or nine years ago from memory where there was no flu vaccines around the world and people were panicking about everybody in nursing homes and the young and the old. It was exactly the same as what we're doing right now. Um, but it's just another label for the same sort of thing. Um, when, when you look at the World Health Organization um, in their website and look at these sorts of outbreaks, we're constantly having outbreaks around the world. Every single year, there's lots of them. What, what I want to do is separate what's going on in terms of that, in terms of that health issues, 
to the market because the market is separate to that. Yes, it will get affected by the supply chain, um, but right now the supply chain is still looking pretty good because here in Australia we're panicking about getting toilet rolls and um, sugar and you know pasta and everything else. I mean, yesterday I went to the supermarket just to pick up a couple of veggies and you couldn't find anything there in the supermarket in terms of that, but why? You know, the, the average household uses one toilet roll, for, or average four-person household uses one toilet roll um, a, a day. So a big packet, that's going to last you nearly a month, and there's no reason to buy up all this sort of stuff. But again, I understand people panicking because fear comes from not knowing, and uh, the, the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. And so whilst I don't want to underplay the health issues with uh, corona, I'm an expert on the stock market and I understand how it's working and how the emotions of the market are working. And right now, I'm still not worried about our market. I think it's going to bounce, but I'll get onto the charts on that in a second. Uh, but I just wanted to say to you, it is now is not the time to panic. Now's the time to just have a calm head. And if you are panicking, that's a huge sign that you are not educated enough in the market, which is the topic of my report today. If you don't understand how the market unfolds, then maybe you should take some time to learn about it. Maybe not right now while the market's a little bit more volatile, but when times are good, study the market, study portfolio management, and it's a huge reason why you should be buying my book because I'm getting lots of um, emails from people who've read my book who are not too stressed about it at the moment, and uh, I think I'd rather be not stressed than uh, living in a state of fear. Um, but let's get into the market. I'll go and have a look at the All Ordinaries Index. Now, on the screen, we've got a weekly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. It's the same one I've always had. And again, it's saying the same area. I was expecting the low to happen in this blue area. We've fallen a little bit, for, uh, little bit further than what I probably expected it. Um, but I was looking somewhere between 6,200 and 6,300 points for the fall to move into. Um, right now, it did close very low. Um, on the bar last week. You can see the cl close last Friday was right on the low. And we can see the move down from here is 13.7%. Um, and I was expecting eight to 12 roughly. And uh, you probably would have heard me say with some of my videos in the past that you know every every year the market will fall somewhere between eight and 12%. Every so often it'll go 15 to 20%. And then other times it'll go 20 plus percent like we saw in the GFC. So the larger the fall, the rarer it, it is. So eight to 12% is so common. And as you saw, my charts last week with our live show with Janine. You saw how many times in the last 10 years the market's fallen 10 plus percent. So that's what I'm saying. Everything now is just so normal to me, it's not funny. The speed is probably the only thing that is a little bit abnormal because even in the GFC, if I go back to the GFC, you can see the fall from that it is was a bit slower. Um, so that's why I'm thinking our market will bounce. I think it'll go up this week. I think we'll see a nice move up um, and we'll close higher. My expectation is on a monthly basis, if I go to the monthly um, area there, looking at this, my expectation is we'll see it open, the monthly open here at 6511. My expectation is that the market will trade above that and close higher for March. That's, that's what I'm leaning towards. Now, could I be right or could I be wrong? Yes, I could be both. Um, and as I was saying just a bit earlier, you're not going to be 100% right. What I need what I need to see if this market is bullish, if it does close higher, then the next few months are going to be bullish on our market. If we stay down here and we keep moving down, which I don't think is going to happen, because markets will always retest highs. And they did in during the GFC, would it surprise you to know that there was a couple of 10 plus percent rallies during the GFC? The GFC was over in I think 13 months or 16 months, something like that. But we had a couple of different retests 
of previous highs through the GFC. So right now, nothing to worry about. Uh, if you do have your stop losses triggered, that's what happens uh, when it comes to trading. But right now, I think the market is looking better. I do expect it to go up this week. I'm expecting maybe one to four weeks up. That'll tell me the more medium to longer term pitch on our market. But uh, look for stocks. Don't catch falling knives. So let's get into the questions now for this week. Alrighty, and the, the first question we've got today is from Brett who says, Hi Dale, I'm overweight in CSL, um, but I'm very confident I have nothing to worry about as they are such a strong company. Appreciate your opinion. Now, I did go back to him and ask him how overweight are you, because sometimes you're overweight in a stock because you've just bought way too much uh, of that stock, or you're overweight because it's grown to be a big chunk of your portfolio. For example, if you had $10,000 and you put $1,000 on each stock and one of those stocks rose very, very strongly, let's say two, 300%, it could be taking up a big chunk of that portfolio rather than being 10% of it, it could end up being 30 to 50 or 60% of it. And a lot of people think that's overweight in their portfolio. I'm not necessarily agreeing with that sort of theory, but uh, he came back and said 80% of his portfolio is CSL. That's probably overweight because if it's 80% of your portfolio, that would suggest to me you don't have too many stocks in your portfolio. So that's possible. If you've only got two stocks, it can be 80%. That's not an issue to me because CSL has been a very, very bullish stock. But if you've got eight or 10 or 12 stocks and it's gone to be 80%, then it would suggest to me your position sizing is not accurate. But I don't have a big issue with CSL because you're right, it's a very, very good stock. It's con constantly been a beautiful bullish stock. It's actually that and Cochlear have uh, been two of the best stocks on our market for such a long time, it's not funny. So what's it doing right now? So on the chart, let's go and have a quick look at that. If you look on the left-hand side, you see how bullish this stock is. This is one month down and it gapped down and it's traded up so far in March. So we're only nine, or sorry, um, I think it was the, Friday was the 5th of March um, or 6th of March, I can't remember the exact date of it, but in the first six days it gapped down and it's traded up and you can see here one, da one bar down here and then it's traded the other way. So to me, nothing to be stressed about here, matey. I think it, it is a good company. I think it's best to hold this sort of stock. Would I be looking to enter right now if I didn't own it? I think I'd be sitting back just watching a little bit. Um, would I be selling it? Definitely not. I'd be still hanging on to it. It does look beautiful for a stock. Uh, and it's a really good stock for more of a buy and hold portfolio, although I don't even, I don't um, um, promote people have a buy and port, hold portfolio, but this one won't give you too much grief. So thanks for, for giving us your question. The next question we have is from, I can't, I'm not sure how to say your name or Mournia. Monia, I'm not sure exactly, please excuse me if I've said it the wrong way, um, who says, hi Dale, thank you for your report. My pleasure, matey. Um, I hope you read this and answer me by tomorrow program. Well, I've read it um, and uh, we're going through that right now. Uh, you're encouraging your investors to set up stop loss rules, which is normally set between 10 to 12 um, and even 15% of each single stock. On the other hand, you believe that the market is overreacting to the coronavirus, so I agree. Yes, I normally say to people somewhere between 10 and 15% um, for their stop losses. Um, and yeah, I think the over, that I still believe the market is overreacting to the coronavirus because that's what happens, that's human behavior. Um, and uh, But they go on to say, and a true investor shouldn't buy manufactured fear, um, which I totally agree. Uh, now, as a result of the stocks have fallen significantly, which means a lot of your student stop loss rules have been triggered. Um, don't you think you've been part of this sale, sell off, which, uh, which you not agree with? Um, you probably, you, you are to a degree right, absolutely, because obviously when stop losses get triggered, 
you become then part of that, I suppose, panic, if that makes sense, because people overselling now, you know, we're seeing uh, stops do get triggered, but when you're getting stops triggered, it's very, very short term. Stocks don't push as crashes down. They just cause a very short term emotion over a period of a few days, uh, because generally people have their stop losses and they're set for a reason around 10 to 15%, depending on the volatility of the stock. There's a lot of technical reasons behind it. It's just not an arbitrary figure that we come up with, um, because basically what you wanna do where you set your stop losses, you wanna hold on to a stock and be in at 80 to 90% of the time of a run. Uh, so a bullish move from a low to a high. If your stop losses are set, so you stay in that stock for 80 to 90% of that whole movement, then your stop losses are set at the right point. If you're getting in and out and in and out because your stop loss gets triggered, that means your stop losses are way too tight. Inver also, if you have your stop loss too far out, let's say 20% and you, you see it drop too far, uh, then you're costing your money on your portfolio. But 15% is enough so that you get the movement in the stock which is a little bit more volatile, um, but also preserving capital and your ability to make profits after that. Because at the end of the day, if you lose 15%, then you've got to make 18% just to break even again. But uh, to some degree, I, I agree with you. As I said, you know, as stops get triggered, it does push the market down a little bit, but it's very short term. So the market is not necessarily reacting um, or late last week on stop losses. Um, it's probably a tiny little bit, but not anywhere near as much. But thank you very much for your question. It's really, really good to see you, you're typing those out for me. Uh, the next question I've got is from Tony, who says, Hi Dale, what is your view on Stockland Group and why has there been a um, COVID-19 impact? Mate, I don't care why there's been a COVID-19 coronavirus impact on the stock, because it's irrelevant, completely 100% irrelevant. And I know some people go, well, how can you discount that? I can. It's simple because if I'm looking at a stock, I'm looking at the stock. Whatever's happening around the world will already be factored into whatever the price of the stock is. And this is where I think we need to look at things in a bigger picture. Don't look at them in the terms of one day or one week. And that does, one day and one week doesn't make a trader. And I think, um, the biggest sin that people can do on the market is look at it on a daily basis. When you do look at it on the bigger picture, you'll see a different um, story unfolding. And, and the, the analogy I use, if you have your face pressed up against a step in a stairwell, do you know whether you're at the top of the, the building or the bottom of the building or halfway up? You don't. And the thing is, is only when you start to move back that you actually see the full view. And right now, the full view of our Australian market is it's still bullish. Even with the fall that we've had, technically it's still bullish. Um, and so I need to, as a trader, assume it's going to continue to be bullish until it tells me otherwise. And that's why I'm remaining that strong, uh, my strong view on that being bullish. Again, as I said earlier, I can be wrong. And that's the thing is, is you know, most people, the people will watch these, these videos saying Dale gets it right nearly all the time, but then sometimes I'm going to get it wrong. So that we, that's why you need to have rules around your buying and selling. But let's get into Stockland and have a bit of a look at that right now. And I'll just click on the chart for Stockland. Stocklet has um, been quite bullish since late or early 2019, there since January 2019 uh, or February there. We can see it's beautifully taking off. A little bit of weakness because of what's been going on, the volatility on the marketplace so that prior week. But here's a good sign. Look, it gapped down and traded right up. And this is one of those reasons why I'm looking at some of these stocks saying, well, I think the market could bounce. Now, it did get hit. 
why it got hit, I don't know, and I don't really care. It's As I keep saying to people, it's not about what happens, it's how you handle it. And so if you own Stockland Group, how are you handling the trading? Are you Do you have a stop loss on how you're managing the movements up? Because no stock just goes straight up without retracing at some stage and falling away. So you need to handle that. So it went down 17%, If uh, depending on where you had your stop losses and how you did that. Um, is what you would have done, but I wouldn't, there's no reason for me, if I owned this stock prior to what was been going on with coronavirus, I would still personally be in it because my stop losses haven't been triggered on this stock. Currently you're down 13.2 from the high, but not necessarily from where you might have bought it. So right now, nothing's to be worried about, all looking good matey. So thanks very much for the, the question, Tony. I really um, think there's some really good things to learn around this time until when you're getting volatility is when you really do learn what you do know and what you don't know and, and a lot of people don't appreciate what they don't know and um, and so what you need to do is actually start figuring out the market if you haven't read my book read the book because it'll give you a lot more peace of mind about what you're doing how you're trading and how you're managing your portfolio. Next question we got from somebody called Redneck Racer who's asked, Dale, I'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, Fisher & Paykel or FPH. So let's have a quick look at Fisher & Paykel here um, and I'll click on that. Again, another bullish stock looking awesome. Nothing much more to say about here. I mean, this is so awesome. It hardly been affected by this whole uh, volatility on the market. Last week it did gap down a little bit, traded right up, came right back down again, but it's just holding. That's really what it is at the moment. If you don't own it, I wouldn't be buying into it right now. If you do own it, I'd still be sitting on it. But thanks for the question, Redneck. Um, yeah, um, it, it really does pay. And it's, it's probably a good example of showing people that not all stock, stocks will fall when the market's falling. And uh, you know, you need to only look at, there's probably, probably somewhere between 10 and 30% of stocks on the Australian market that if I go and looked at the top, the 500 stocks in the All Ordinaries Index, I'd probably find between 10 and 30% of them have traded up this past month or the last few weeks um, with a certain amount obviously going the opposite way. So it's just about finding good, strong stocks that do look good and are presenting opportunities, but don't catch falling nice. The next question we got is from Farhead, um, who says, Hi Dale, thank you for your report and the live show on Tuesdays. That's my pleasure, matey. Um, he says, I've been reading your book, Accelerate Your Wealth, and I feel more comfortable trading now that I have solid rules to back me up. Well, that's fantastic. Um, good to see you're getting a lot more peace of mind, and that's what I was saying a little bit earlier. If you're nervous and you're, uh, you're panicking or you're stressed about your stocks, that's a huge sign that you are not educated enough, and you can, uh, get my book, get into one of our courses, and it will clean all of that up for you. Um, he says, could you please take a look at CGF for me or Challenger Financial Group for me next week? I can see an uptrend on both the monthly and weekly charts and looking to enter the stock, but just a bit worried with the overall market volatility at the moment. So let's go and have a look at CGF and just see whether it's a nice little opportunity. Now you've seen the move down here. It was moving up in a nice little uptrend on both the weekly and the monthly charts. Now it's just coming back to normal. Uh, it's coming back to this sort of area, so I would expect it to probably find some support. Uh, way too early at the moment to be looking at buying it. As you can see, it has fallen reasonably heavy from that high. It's currently down around 20%, which suggests it's a bit weaker to me. It's fallen more than the market. Uh, and so the, there's a lot of, but then the financial stocks got sold off, the banks and everything got sold off, which is really surprised to me, as I was saying a little bit earlier in the report, I don't didn't expect financials to be sold off this much, um, but then they're, they're more likely to bounce a little bit harder as well. So stick with it at this point in time, um, keep watching it. I'd probably be a couple of weeks before I would look at getting into this stock. I wanna see it stop falling. 
and I want to see it start rising, but I also want to see it telling me that it's not going to fall away, and that's having some of those rules around where it stopped, how how it's unfolding, the patterns it's moving, what's the price movement of that um, over that period of time. So right now is the time to not jump in early, just to sit back and wait and see what's happening um, on the stock. And as I said, making sure it's giving you signs of strength. But uh, thanks for sending in your question, um, matey. Um, I really do appreciate it. And thanks for the others that did send their questions in. So And if you do have a question for me, like the others, just stick them below uh, and get typing and I'll get to answering them next week. Um, remember that on this channel, we do these Monday market reports every, every single week. We also do our live live streaming show every Tuesday 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. So also remember to hit that subscribe button now. Hit the big button there and click the bell on the right of it so you know when we go live with some new videos. But for now, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.